Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. You know, you really could branch out and start offering videos on how to mentally stimulate children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm not kids, Matt. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey girl. Hey girl. Okay, hold on. Someone's knocking on my door. What? Oh, that's always a good sign. Oh no. What's wrong? Oh, she pooped in her. <laughs> hold on. That might have been the most amazing thing I've ever heard. You think so? Yeah. Ew, it smells like poop. (laughs) Put her hair in a bun, so that was the end of the world, too. Oh, my God. Um, That's incredible. I'm so sorry that your day is going so crappy. Thanks. When this is all over, I'm going to send you away for a weekend. Oh, please. And I'll just take the kids. That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, you mean two weeks, right? Two whole weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been really, really hard. I, yeah, it's been really hard to be here. Like, I love my kids, obviously. And, well, maybe not, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I love my kids, but to be the sole person, um, especially in the middle of a quarantine is unbelievably difficult to not have, uh, a break to not have someone else come over and keep me company. Um, it's very, very difficult. So, um, we're just hanging on by a thread over here. Yeah. That's not great. And then you've got a printer that isn't working. Um, yeah, I've never been more angry at a well, I've probably been more angry at a company, but I got a printer for like $30 because my other printer wasn't working and um, it didn't come with a USB cord, which apparently it needed because it's not wireless. So it's probably my fault for not reading it properly, but technology has been against me um, in a very large way ever since my kids have had to start online school, which has been really, really great. So I just don't understand why you would sell a printer without all of the pieces required to use the, like, to use the product. This is just one of those days where this is where it's hard. You know, it's hard all the time to not, uh, to be alone and to be a widow. But today is like, it's just hard. I don't have someone who can go. And and this is the thing. And it's like, I love and appreciate everyone that has helped me. And people offer to help me all the time, which is amazing. But there's also stuff day to day where um, 
I don't want to have to rely on people all the time. Yeah. I also feel like, and no matter, no matter really what people say about this situation, if I say that I feel like a burden, I feel like a burden. Yeah. Um, And because I am the only one on this earth who is as responsible for my children as, you know, as my husband was. Yeah. And so for him to no longer be here and anyone else that I need to help me, I need to interrupt their lives because they didn't sign up to be a parent of five children. I did. Yeah. Um, and my husband did. And so those are just the times where it's like very difficult for me to reach out for help because I don't want to burden other people. I also feel like, um, as much as I say, thank you and appreciate it. I don't get the vibe from other people that it's not enough. Thanks. But I just feel like I can't thank them enough. You know what I mean? I mean, we do have a Facebook group called Michelle's Never Thankful Enough. (laughs) Michelle, the most ungrateful widow ever. (laughs) Yeah, no, but it is really hard. And I'm really sorry. And as one of the people that, like, has abandoned me, has abandoned you, I feel it. And I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's fine. It's just one of those things where, you know, nobody could picture what their life would be like in this situation because the situation is insane yeah. um, and everyone's situation is not easy right now I don't think anyone's having the best time of their lives in quarantine yeah um but I guess I didn't realize I didn't really think that my life could get any harder yeah and then yes. the universe was like pandemic yeah like <laughs> Like, let's just uh, close the schools, close the daycares, um, and see 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 how she does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Crazy times, though. Like, I just heard this morning that Trump is an asshole. Well, I mean, <laughs> but he's requested that the M3 company stop shipping safety masks to Latin America and Canada. Uh, yeah, the 3M company. <laughs> That's what it's called, isn't it? Three, oh, is it just <laughs> like you're very pretty, but it's called 3M. <laughs> what did I call it? M3? M3. Oh. <laughs> um I I didn't I I thought maybe he um uh demanded it. I didn't know that it was a suggestion. No, they made it very clear that it was he suggested okay, okay. not required or he sorry, he requested, requested. not required. No. Um but then I love like Trudeau was just the most Canadian, like say what you will about him, but he was so Canadian and he's like, you know, I just I it's gonna be a mistake if they do that. <laughs> <laughs> he should think twice before that that happens. I don't know. I, yeah, I might wag my finger at him. <laughs> what is with all these celebrities? Like, why are so many celebrities getting it? Do they just not I think just hands? Like what <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because they are just Travel they travel and then like they're in such big crowds all the time yeah very true and they probably just don't wash their hands probably do not i, I was thinking about Lori Loughlin. oh yeah is she in jail right now no but i wonder if she's gonna go or if this is now oh, delaying it maybe um this was brought on by Lori Loughlin so she didn't have to go to jail yeah probably they have enough money they probably created this whole thing <laughs> No, I think her her daughters did. I mean, they're brilliant, aren't they? Oh, right. Because of the school. 
No, they're not brilliant. They're just athletic. They're rowers. Yeah. And then I feel like a jerk because I'm like, let me tell you about my terrible life and unload everything on you. And then I don't care about what's happening. Oh, no. I mean, I really want to happening with you. I don't, I don't have a whole lot going on. I'm still unemployed. I'm just crazy making with my spreadsheets over this podcast and tracking our downloads. Yeah. So do you think that your um, ADHD is hel- is helping you with that? Um, yeah. Like I've chosen not to use my medication because it's like, I don't need to use it. Like, cause I'm just, I'm allowing my little ADHD brain to like flutter around and jump from project to project. Yeah. And it's going okay. Because you're not really required to, you know, stay with one thing at a time right now. Yeah. Like, I can hyper-focus on what I want to hyper-focus on, whether or not it's important or not. And I can take three days to put my laundry away if I want to, because (laughs) I have nowhere to go. (laughs) So today, we're going to interview Beth from Cultured Canines. Yeah, that's exciting. She's got a... I know you're going to have a lot in common with her. (laughs) I think so. She has four dogs. You have five kids. I think now is the perfect time to get a puppy. Yeah. Yes. I think if you take nothing away from this is that she's going to recommend that you get a puppy right now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested to talk to her because she's a small business owner and uh, small business owners have had to make some pretty uh, critical choices right now during this pandemic. And I think a lot of them are... Uh, hoping that their business survives, but you never know, really. So it'll be interesting to see how she is um, handling it all and kind of the tough decisions that she's had to make. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Let's do this. So Beth, hi. Hello. Sorry, this is like six times already. It's fine. Like, um, I'll be like, oh yeah, this is me. Ready, set, go. It's so hard to do it uh remotely. And naturally. We're very yes. awkward people. Mm-hmm. Same. So Beth, I was really excited to talk to you about your experience with this pandemic because you are a small business owner mm-hmm. and you're also very funny. And I thought you, (laughs) and you work in an industry that I'm very uh, connected to being the dog care industry. So I thought you'd be a really interesting person to talk to um, about how you have been impacted by this little pandemic we're living in. Yeah. First of all, I'm actually not funny. I'm just really good at finding funny memes on the internet. So that's perfect. (laughs) We like that too. (laughs) It's true. Every time I'm on your Instagram stories, I like heartily laugh. The only way smiling I communicate is with gifts. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Gifts are life. Uh, <laughs> I've had so many people message me in the past couple of weeks telling me that they like look forward to my stories every day and like completely sincerely being like, like your stories are kind of like a light in the darkness. And I'm like, oh my God, there's so much pressure. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't screw that it up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, but yeah. So back what to is business. There, I, I need to follow you. 
Yeah. Um, uh, remind me and I'll add you to my uh, dank meme list. So I have a separate list for Ooh. close friends where I post the like really racy ones because as a business owner, uh-huh. I have to kind of be professional. Most people who meet yes. me are like, like they get me. So it's not that big of a deal. But like if any new client was like perusing my social media, <laughs> I wouldn't want them seeing like Holocaust jokes on my uh, Instagram story. And I'm Jewish, so I can make them. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, we should say that you are Jewish. Yes, um, it's okay. Get <laughs> a pass. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, oh my God. I feel like the three of us should have a podcast because Beth is Jewish, Michelle's Catholic, and I'm a lesbian. <laughs> have you seen that segment on uh, uh, the one, oh, what's it, Seth Meyers show or... Uh, it's like jokes Seth can't tell. So yes, he's like, yes. there's a lot of uh, jokes that come past my desk that I can't say as a straight white male. So uh, he has uh, two of his writers on it. Or one of them's lesbian, one of them's black, and they tell like racist and gay jokes. And it's always <laughs> so funny. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm like literally writing down, look up Seth Myers. <laughs> it's uh, the t- look up jokes Seth can't tell. We will laugh and laugh and laugh amazing this is an educational Um, podcast we are going to share many things that we need to know yeah (laughs) um so beth you own and you you are the owner and operator of cultured canines in calgary yes that's me can you tell us a little bit about the business and how long you've been doing the business so I started Culture Canines when I was 19, so 2011, so that was a long time ago. I was just a wee baby. Uh, I started it uh, originally as a way of paying for school because uh, I was still going to university at the time and I kind of wanted to be a lawyer or a dentist or something, uh, classic Jewish parent goal type careers. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I started doing it again, just as kind of a part-time thing. And then I realized I was really passionate about it. and. I could make a solid career out of it. So why would I do something that I kind of feel like I have to do versus something that I really love doing, which is training dogs. Yeah. And um, so. Yeah. And you're very um, good at it. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't like to be like, I'm the best ever or anything. Uh, but uh, I do. I really love what I do. And I try and um, the, my like training methods, I kind of have like a basic training method I use for all dogs. But over the years, I've learned new things. So if something's not working for a certain dog, I'm able to use different methods so I can figure out what works best for each individual dog. So it's, I really try to not be a one-size-fits-all type dog trainer. Yeah, and I feel like, Michelle, you can probably, we often relate uh, being a mother of five children to being a dog owner of five dogs. Yes. Um, the communities are very similar, I feel like. Like if you got onto a parenting platform and like saw the comments, I bet you they're very similar to like the dog care <laughs> and training people's uh, I can't comments. get myself to stop fighting. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can put your children in kennels, can you? <laughs> Not um, yet. Not legally. <laughs> No comment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, that's really cool. And I know I've taken my dog through your training and really loved it. And you've got like quite a big following, which is really nice to see um, yeah. because you do kind of approach things in a bunch of different ways and not, it's not all one size fits all, which is really nice. Yeah. I just, uh, and um, I just find a lot of dog trainers get into the industry for the wrong reasons. Like they do it just to make money. Or they do it because they just love dogs, but don't have like the human 
component of it. So I feel like I have a unique yeah. uh, balance of actually being able to relate to people, but I also am doing it for the dogs. So um, I find that a lot, one of the biggest compliment I get from people is that my genuine passion for dogs is definitely like it shines through through my classes. You can tell that I actually do care about what I'm doing and I'm not there just for money. Right, which is awesome. Yeah, but right now it's kind so of like I want more when, of that though. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So when with your business, when did you sort of start having to consider as a business owner how um you might be impacted by this COVID nineteen? So it's all been like there's no blueprint. There's no like no one's telling anyone what to do. So it, it was all very like what should I do? So I have a staff of about eighteen people. So it was definitely some like conversations with staff and like discussions like I treat my staff not as like my subordinates but definitely as like equals and like contributors to my company like I value their opinion highly in, in like all aspects so it was it was more of like a who feels safe assisting in classes and that was kind of the uh, deciding factor of when to stop teaching um when I kind of started to realize that things might get kind of real uh was at the start of March it was kind of it, it felt like it first week of March, it all felt kind of like a joke or like it was still a joke, you know? Do, do you remember the before yes. times like that? <laughs> and I'm still funny. <laughs> the, the before times, if we're in a dystopian novel here. Um, it feels like it. For real though, it's crazy. Uh, the first class that I canceled was uh, on March 14th. So that was the second week of March. And uh, the reason I counsel is because I, I do this, like, it's called dog switching class, uh, where everyone trades dogs with someone else in the class. You get, like, little report cards and you fill them out. Uh, so I was like, that one's not safe to do right now, so we'll just postpone this one for now. But then by the time the next time for classes came around for that group, we couldn't have classes. With, like, three days later, we can't went from being, like, right. as a precaution, are going to do this, to we literally cannot hold classes because it's not safe anymore. Right. And was it sort of just the physical distancing factor? Because most of your classes are outside, right? Yeah. Um, I could, like, realistically, I do think that teaching my classes outdoors would be safe to some extent, but I like, I can't control everyone's movements and actions. So as much as I could say, stay two meters apart while we're outside, people don't, like, people don't listen on a good day. So if someone contracted something for one of my classes and that was like my fault I it wouldn't just be like because I would get bad media attention for it it would be I would feel so deeply guilty if someone got sick because I held a dog training class yeah the, yeah how many most, people do you generally have in your class at a time uh there's usually like 12 to 14 dogs and so there can be one to like five people per dog so average I'd wow. say about 30 people so it's already you know a lot to have that many people in one spot yeah yeah and with, wow. with the adult classes it's like it's whatever we can postpone them but what really hit me hard was a uh, puppy class so i had a puppy class that was starting on uh, the 16th um, and i decided to run that one class so that i could at least like give them like their leashes and collars give them like a little bit to work on and get the puppy socialized uh but after that class ended uh, my assistant trainer and i we just like we almost like we were so emotional after that class because it like it hit us really hard like holy crap there's going to be a whole generation of puppies that are not going to get socialized probably with people or other dogs and it's going to have like lifelong detrimental effects for these poor dogs 
Aww. Yeah, my mom just got a puppy. Um, well, he's maybe ten weeks old now, mm-hmm. and yeah, like all of a sudden, you realize that like you can't really do a lot of like socializing, and that's such a like is it the first four months or something are the most critical socialization period. Yep. And so yeah, like sixteen for dogs, like it's just it's. And again, because I'm coming at this career or business from a dog loving perspective more than a money making perspective, it was for money making. I'd be like, sweet, there's going to be so many dogs that are going to be so broken in the next year when they start putting classes again. I'm going to be in it. <laughs> like, I could have, I definitely have thought about that, but it's like, honestly, the thought of all these puppies that are not, that are, like, and there's nothing people can do. Like, you can't socialize them properly. Um, there's been a huge yeah. debate in the dog industry about whether or not to be overly cautious or not. I don't know if you guys have heard anything with this, because um, there's no proof that dogs can carry the virus on their fur. So mm-hmm. I could tell, like, I've, I've been like thinking about running like just socializing classes where people drop their dogs off and I just like let them play with each other for an hour. But say someone yeah. who has COVID-19 coughs in their hand, touches their puppy, then the puppy's playing with other dogs and it spreads on them. And then everyone who touches the puppies after that gets coronavirus yeah. right so it's just yeah yeah i don't think there's enough research to know exactly what would happen and that would be a big risk i think yeah and there could be nothing there could be no way for that to happen and a lot of uh, other flu viruses can't survive on porous surfaces like fur but there just like isn't enough mm-hmm. known yet about this and it, it travels in water droplets too so someone sneezed and it was in a water droplet, then that would definitely transfer it. So it's just, ugh, it's just like, yeah, there's so much to consider. Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, even with like leashes and collars and because it's such a new virus, we just don't have that information. And I noticed there are a lot of companies out there that are, you know, that are um, being really um, sure that the virus can't be transmitted by animals. Um, and I think that it's just, we just don't know. We don't know one way or the other. So why risk it? Yeah. And I saw, uh, a couple, actually I got personally, um, honestly bothered, uh, by a couple local business owners for being like posting about being cautious about dog potentially being able to transfer it. And even uh, one business owner in Calgary posted that dogs cannot transfer it like, like that's a statement of fact, which is so right. unethical and irresponsible. Yeah. Have they shut down the dog parks? Not yet. I think they did in Edmonton, though. Okay. Oh, they did. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can double check that, but I'm pretty sure that happened yesterday or the day before. I don't know if it was April. I was April yeah. choke. <laughs> Well, I think that the risk for that is that people are congregating together with their animals, right? That they're, they want to chat about their, about their animals or they want to, uh, yeah, stand all together. And then that's, that's a big risk. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dogs must be on leash at the dog park starting Saturday. And I've been to the dog park. Oh, times. I, I haven't gone in the last week just because I gave my dogs bath. And I, <laughs> I thought you can clean. Yeah. Um, it was so funny last week. Uh, the good little schnooks here. But uh, people aren't respecting people's face at all. Like I was like dodging people and like getting on people's way and like stopping and like waiting for people to pass me. And I'm like, this is a huge park. Like, are you not paying attention to what's going on? Yeah. Just at all? Yeah. I just went to Staples and uh, 
I was having a printer meltdown. Uh, yes, but they're stopping people at the door, asking you that you what you need, um, kind of having an associate come and get you and show you where the things are. Like I needed a printer cord. Um, and uh, there were two people in there who just were kind of milling around and walking up to the cash, putting stuff down, going back, grabbing some more. And I'm like, you guys, like, come on. You're making it harder for the employees, for the customers. Like, just get it together. You know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the ignorance that drives me crazy. Like, I don't know. It's oh, everywhere. Totally. It, it, I was at the mall before it closed a few weeks ago getting soap. Because I was like, I should probably get some soap so that I don't want to have a soap for, you know, showers and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, touching the, the railing on the escalators. And I was like, holy crap. What are you doing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, and because you made you made a post a while ago about being a bit of yeah, a germaphobe yeah. anyway. Yeah, and, I, and I, so I can imagine normally. So I'm like kind of yeah. aware of all these things, and just this is why it's spreading so easy. Is people just like aren't thinking properly. Like my process when I go grocery shopping, like I went to Costco yesterday, like I was saying. Uh, both my brother and I went. We both wearing masks, wearing gloves. Um, and we didn't touch our phones the entire time we were there. We went in, we like had like a handwritten note with the list of what we were getting so we didn't have to touch our phones, get to the car, open the car hatch, have Lysol wipes, and Lysol wiped everything from the cart before it went to my car, and then Lysol wiped the handle of my trunk so that like nothing got touched. There was absolutely no transfer of bacteria, and I guarantee there's not a lot of people going to like that length to keep themselves safe. Yeah, no, probably not. Yeah, because I've even heard like on cardboard and things like that, like food packaging, it could live. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you have to be so, so. Yeah, I usually take my stuff out of out of boxes anyways when I get home. And so I've been doing that, taking everything out of the box, like the outside containers and getting rid of them and wiping down the milk jugs and things like that. But I saw this funny thing about um, Howie Mandel because he obviously is a, a germaphobe as well. Yeah. And it said that um, Howie Mandel must be six feet beside himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's amazing. <laughs> that's incredible. Awesome. Um, so have you, have you been in touch or were you in touch um, with industry colleagues about best practices? Because like you said, there's no blueprint sort of like how to operate your small business during a pandemic. Yeah. Um, not anyone that I there might be now yeah exactly uh I so okay so if anyone was saying about parenting groups uh dog the dog industry itself is fairly toxic and especially trainers who don't like to like talk to each other everyone hates each other for the most part uh like viciously hates each other so there's definitely no one I know in person that I could go to like I don't have like a mentor that I can ask about but i have been following this business coach in the states who does a dog industry specific business coaching um i've been following her for years and i never really like bit the bullet and like paid for her services because i didn't like quote unquote need them uh but now that this right. is going on i messaged like i she's just been posting more of her group and stuff because she specializes in online classes so i was like oh my gosh yes so i'm an adhd i have like mild anxiety that has been exacerbated by this whole situation so the thought yeah. of like thinking of planning classes or even like starting a plan is like impossible like right now i'm doing this podcast to avoid doing work 
<laughs> you're like listen ladies i didn't want to do this <laughs> i have to do this thank you <laughs> so i signed up a few days ago for that um just so i have someone to like kind of kick my ass and like force me to do stuff um and so like what i've seen so far it's uh she has an amazing blueprint to work off of and i'm, I'm actually kind of excited to get started with it but without that like there's I would have had no idea where to even start with what kind of service to offer, how much to charge for it, and that kind of stuff. It's just like so foreign because it's not what we normally do. And I know pretty much every small business owner that I know right now is like, what do I do? What is appropriate? What should I do? Because there's no rules. There's no like, this has never happened before. No one knows what to do. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think, what's been the biggest impact on your business with all of this? Uh, well, not making any money, so <laughs> that's a big one. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, all my classes, because you've done my class, you know that the biggest benefit to my classes are the fact that they're outdoors with the other dogs. So that, like, just that space for dogs to learn in is now gone. So there's tons of stuff that I can teach, yeah. but it won't have the same effect as it does as just just doing it, and that's like it's devastating and for my business there's that but if anyone who knows me knows that i'm like an extreme extrovert so i'm used to having an hour and a half to three hours six days of the week being in front of 30 plus people being the center of attention for that many people and yeah. now i don't have that it is like i'm using my mind guys <laughs> uh-huh. yeah and do you live alone no thank god i have a roommate i would literally be extra crazy if I didn't have a roommate and I feel kind of bad she's a bit of an introvert so me like oh like can you chill please (laughs) yeah my parents live a few blocks away from me so and I I did like a about a week and a half almost two weeks of like uh, just self-isolation just to make sure that I didn't have anything so that I wouldn't give them anything because they're don't I hope they don't listen to this they're a little bit older uh and my brother actually so you know all the complications from coronavirus like getting pneumonia and like being a coma and all that kind of stuff. Uh, my brother actually yeah. got that from the regular flu a few years back. So he already has some lung oh, damage from that. So he's more high at risk potentially if he bought coronavirus. So I was really careful. But now that I can go over there, I've been hanging out with my parents by choice, which I thought I would never do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot of people say like, I've never talked to my parents on purpose so much. Like <laughs> even just reaching out and phoning them and like <laughs> It's bringing a families closer together, but also every time I run into someone I know, just like at a store or at the dog park or something, obviously keep our distance. But I run into a couple other extroverts, and we end up just like talking for like an hour, being like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry." We're both like apologizing for trying to take too much time, but we're both just like <laughs> keep in contact. Give it to me. Yeah, yeah. And so, are you looking at moving some of your business temporarily to an online platform, like with video? options yes so i actually already um i have one going so i had a class that was almost finished they only had a few lessons left so i sent an email out and i was like so this is what's going to happen when we can we're going to reschedule those missed classes but for now i'm going to be doing um online classes for you so uh what i've been doing it's in like a facebook group so i added everyone to facebook group uh, or like set the links they could join it and i'm doing like facebook live videos for about an hour and a half Oh, good. 
Um, and I'm not doing my normal stuff in it because they've already kind of started training. So the goal of it is more to give them just stuff to do at home with their dogs to keep their dogs mentally engaged. And I think that actually yeah. might be what is keeping me sane is just that opportunity to like engage with everybody. And like I always feel really good after doing them because the feedback is always really awesome. People are like, yeah, like thank you so much for doing this. This is making such a big difference. And it, it's like such simple little things, but it I was kind of using them as guinea pigs for doing them in a paid format. Um I guess they are technically yeah. customers, but it's it's not what I would ever have seen myself doing because I really believe that in-person lessons are the best way to train a dog. But I know that I can help people like this and the goalposts for dog training have completely changed in the last two weeks. Like two weeks ago, even it was like, I want my dog to be good on a leash. I want them to come back when I go to the dog park. Now it's like, I want them to not be batshit crazy. <laughs> 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 yeah. And I think that's so true. Like one of our dogs goes to daycare once a week and we haven't sent him for the last two weeks. And even though it's only once a week, I'm like, my God, like I have to entertain you guys and feed you guys like all day, every day. Like it's, it's, it's their, yeah, their expectations of us entertaining them. I feel like have gone up because we're home so much, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and so, yeah, it's been really interesting sort of navigating keeping their expectations reasonable (laughs) i'm not just gonna like play with them all day every day um and i'm sure it's similar with that's what i feel about my kids yeah yeah well i mean because my kids went to like full-time school and full-time daycare and they weren't have were engaged like all day and so now i'm like god i have to somehow like like teach you and then keep you entertained and not go crazy and (laughs) Today has been a really bad day for me because I struggle with anxiety as well. So my anxiety has been high and my grief has been high. And, but my motivation is like a negative 50 and their energy is at like a hundred. So I'm just hiding in my closet doing this. So I don't have to teach, don't have to uh, parent right now. (laughs) Yeah, that is what I'm trying to do too. It's entirely different, of course. But holy, I can't <laughs> there are so many similarities. There are so many similarities between like having kids and having dogs. I think it's hilarious. It's, it's um, but we just need to, yeah. I, yeah. I have a border collie. So, so a border collie is basically like a four-year-old child. So yeah. And like, and dogs like border collies, like our friends have a German coolie and like, they need a job. They need to be working all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going through a job. And so how have you as a, so as a dog owner, how have you been sort of like keeping your dog's uh, like mental stimulation needs met? How many dogs do you have? So, okay. So this is kind of a fun story. So I moved at my parents' house a year and a half ago. Like I'm, I'm 28. So like I, I moved it a little bit late, but I bought my own place. Um, so I had, so I technically have four dogs, but two of them are my parents' dogs, but they're kind of my dogs too, because I raised them when I lived at home. So legally two, kind of four. <laughs> That's fair. Yes. Yeah. If you look at any of my social media, it looks like I have four though. So I hope I'm never single again because I will look absolutely insane. <laughs> <laughs> and so how have you been like oh, right, sort sorry. of like meeting those needs of ADHD? No, that's okay. Um well before it got worse, I was going in the off leash park 
a couple times a day just to give them a, a good run. But as I teach in my classes, a mental challenge is far better than a like a, just a rip at the park or like throwing a ball for them or something. It's much better to give them a nice structured walk. Uh, so when it was still nice outside, I was like driving somewhere downtown because it was dead anyways. It was like going for a walk somewhere they hadn't been before, even just for like 20 minutes or so. Um, just that on the structured walk tires them out a ton, which is kind of how my classes work. Um, so I, I was trying to kind of simulate a class environment without actually being in a class with them. Like Leia doesn't need me much. She'd be happy to yeah. sleep all day, but Quill is like, I need to run. I need to do things constantly. Um, I've also yeah. recently got into trip training, which is not, uh, it's never been in my wheelhouse of what I do before. And I really believe that, uh, you shouldn't be doing trips with a dog that doesn't have a solid training foundation first anyway, because if you start teaching them like shape a paw, dogs will start just like whacking you when they want something, if they don't have any proper foundation yeah. training. <laughs> so it's, it's important yeah. to do that, but I've been doing a lot of trip training with them and like teaching for a whole bunch of tricks and just like having fun with them that way and doing like TikTok videos with them. And just <laughs> and the thing is, it keeps me mentally engaged as well because, like, it's difficult because it's not what I'm used to doing training wise. So, having to use food, which is not usually my real my, my, my thing that I do, it's mentally challenging for me, mentally challenging for dogs. Just to like try and teach them new stuff has been how I'm keeping us both sane. Yeah, that's really good. And does that so you talked about having ADHD? So, how have you been coping with? the like sudden change in routine because um <laughs> like you had mentioned having a <laughs> like yeah like having that routine and doing what you do is really like you really thrive on it yeah. but now that's all been taken away and so you're just at home honestly I feel like I'm drowning like I don't I like, I can't make myself do anything productive it's it's been so difficult for me to even like get out in the morning like right now my sleep schedule is like 6 a.m to 2 p.m because there's no structure so I just like like eh, I just well, I guess I'll stay up and keep watching tv then and then I don't have a reason to get up so I'm not yeah. going to get up um all of my regular coping mechanisms for when I'm stressed out with going to the gym or teaching a class those have been taken away so like I'm just like sitting at home and being like just like ruminating over all the mistakes I've ever made in my life <laughs> it's oh god I, I actually tried to find I was looking up articles or trying to find an article um in the last week or so I haven't found anything about specifically for ADHD or dealing with the situation and I haven't seen anything yet so um I was thinking of reaching out to someone I know who's a psychologist and being like hey like can we do something for people because I know I'm not the only ADHD or that's like hardcore struggling right now and so many business owners have ADHD yeah. as well. So it's just like a double whammy for all of us. Yeah, that's really tough. Um, and do you see do you see the pet care industry changing after we get to the other side of this? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I don't know. I know. I've kind of been asking everybody or we've been asking everybody. And it's it's kind of interesting depending on who you're talking to. Yeah, that's a fascinating question. Like I the biggest thing I hope to see is um, people generally just kind of being nicer to each other. Because I've, like I was saying, like most dog trainers specifically don't really communicate with each other. But uh, there's a couple um, that I do talk to, and uh, we've all been very supportive of each other and like been helping each other out in this time. Just like not necessarily business advice, but just kind of like general like support and being like, "Good for you for doing this." Like I know that's a hard choice to make. Just like just like kind of trying to pump each other up. 
so more of a cohesive yeah. community would be a nice thing to see at the end of this. Um, but I know if I get the online classes going, I probably will continue with them, honestly, for people who don't live in Calgary. Yeah. So it might be more of a focus on that. Or people might realize the importance of the mental challenge for the dog, which will only benefit dogs in the long run versus just have, having them like them going out in the park and running or throwing a chocolate for them. So maybe not pet care, but pet ownership, yeah. I hope, will shift in the fact that people realize better ways to exercise their dogs. But as far as pet care, maybe people will be more conscious of like sanitizing processes, I guess. As a journal club, that would be my biggest yeah. hope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think people will be more willing to pay for training after this and will be signing up for classes in like in drones because their dogs are going to be driving them crazy right now so i think when everything ends they will either be signing up for classes online like the ones i'll be offering or they'll wait till it's all over and then have a lunatic dog that where everyone's gonna have to deal with oh my god you're gonna have to start a special class for like people who got puppies during the pandemic because <laughs> they're all going to have very similar issues. I was actually thinking yeah. that. that, that I think that's a really interesting, it's interesting what you said about um, people realizing that going to the dog park might not be enough because if they, if that option has been taken away from them um, right now, because they can't keep a social distance, then they will need to figure out a different sort of uh, way to exercise their dogs or exercise them mentally, which I think will be um will be a good education for people. Oh yeah, and just on-leash behavior. So my dogs have horrible on-leash behaviors. People just rely on the dog park as their only means of exercise for their dogs because that's all they can use, basically. So right. people are going to have a bigger focus and realize how bad their dogs are because just taking them off-leash kind of masks a lot of issues that dogs might have, uh, like yeah. auditory activity, mm-hmm. for example, and stuff. So um, it'll definitely give people uh, a kind of a wake-up call about yeah you know you really could branch out and start offering videos on how to mentally stimulate children (laughs) i don't i don't know i'm a fan of kids man i'm sorry (laughs) be like you're gonna want to find a treat that's really motivating them and then you're gonna want michelle yeah you could teach your kids all sorts of things (laughs) if i ever have kids they're gonna go be on leashes i guarantee you Oh my god. <laughs> uh, listen, I don't think it's wrong to leash a kid. Like I've seen parents with kids on leashes and I just want to high five them. There's so much shame over that, but it's honestly like some kids just need to to feel um like that I don't know how to explain it, but like to feel like they're not out of control, right? To yeah. kind of feel like they have someone that's guiding them or keeping them safe because maybe their impulse control, they can't do that themselves right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, if you have a kid that needs something like that, do it. Like the amount of, I mean, I'm sure it's the same in the dog community too, where uh, there's a lot of, you know, sh- mommy shaming, dog mommy oh, shaming, yeah. kid mommy shaming. Like everyone has an opinion. Everyone is doing what they think is the right thing to do and and yeah it, it's it's exhausting yeah trying to keep up with it all yeah and there's always yeah, new stuff really coming out and like people don't know the new thing or like the bad parent yeah. Kind of yeah 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 i feel so bad for these two dogs that live about a block away it's like a pitbull and a like a sheltie like a working breed yeah. Um, and the pit bull has to be leashed in the yard. Cause I think he can probably jump the little chain link fence, 
but like they're literally just in this little yard and it's a front yard all day. And all they do is race back and forth along the fence, barking at everything that moves. And I'm just so sad for them because they're probably like good dogs that are just bored. I've never seen them outside of their yard other like in the house, but I've never seen them on a walk or being interacted with, or they don't have toys. Like, Oh, so and sad. I just, I just want to tell the owners, like, walk your damn dog, like, teach yeah. it something. When people get dogs for the wrong reasons, that's kind of what ends up happening. Like, people get dogs they just like think it's cool to own a dog, and they don't realize the amount of like responsibility that it actually is. Like, there's so much that you should be doing with the dog that people don't even scratch the surface of what's possible to do with the dog, and or what they even need. Like, yeah, I, I sure. go above and beyond when it comes to my dogs. Like, I'm checking their nails, brushing them, brushing their teeth, but like people just don't do enough with their dogs. And if, if the problem is, is if people did enough with their dogs and just walked them enough and did give them the mental, physical challenge they needed, I'd be out of a job at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, so, so maybe they'll do a really good job. <laughs> well, you know what I just said, everybody. <laughs> Um, well, that's very good. Where can people find your business information? Um, like you're on Instagram. Yes, so I have a pretty decent Instagram uh, presence. If you want to know a bit, a bit about more, a bit more about me, my Instagram is a good place to check. But my website is culturedcanines.ca, spelled properly. I, I hate the K and the nine crap that people use. Oh yeah. Oh god, I hate it. Oh yeah, I don't like that either. That. Yeah, it's it's a uh, what's the word? Yeah. <laughs> It's like when people use Comic Sans for their oh, for their font. Or papyrus. Oh, oh my god! I'll never hire a company that uses either of those uh, fonts for any of their advertising. <laughs> when people purposely change their their text font to Comic Sans, I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I know everything about you that I need to know. Right? Yes. It's, it's <laughs> not. True. It's not great. <laughs> Personality oh Speaking of judging people, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so amazing. Let's not judge people based on their uh, sexuality or their race, but on the cars they drive and the fonts that they use. Absolutely, a hundred percent. Oh my god, that's amazing. Well, Beth, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Thank you for inviting me. So exciting! All right, talk to you guys soon. Thanks for asking me to do this. That was our interview with Beth. I know. She was so fun. Yeah, she's really funny. And I could totally see the three of us having a funny podcast named A Jew, a Catholic, and a Lesbian. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> mark the name. We're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> TM, TM. <laughs> um, but I'm so glad that she wanted to talk to us about um how her business has been impacted by this pandemic. Yeah, I couldn't imagine being a small business and just having to make those crazy big decisions and potentially, you know, life-altering decisions when it comes to your business. That's got to be very difficult to do. Yeah. And then you're trying to come up with creative ways to keep your business going and have your clients come back after all this craziness is over. Yeah, I think a lot of small businesses are probably in the same boat mm-hmm. with trying to see how they can move their business to more of an online platform, either in the short term or long term. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot, I mean, especially in the town that I live in, where they've just really very quick turnaround. Like, this is what we're doing now. This is how we're going to run our business. You know, we still have 
products available for you. We're doing curbside pickup, putting your orders in through Instagram. Like it's, it was a very quick, like, we're going to be fine. We're going to figure this out and let's just keep going. And so. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I hope your day gets better after this. Yeah, me too. It it can only go up from here, right? Um, so everybody, you should subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. Yes. And so let's tell everyone where we're, where we are right now on podcast. We're, we're on Apple podcast. We're on Google. We're on Stitcher. Podbeam. And I think that's it. We're not big enough yet to be on Spotify. Right. They're like, you have to have a certain amount of downloads and and listeners. Maybe Spotify isn't big enough for us. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Spotify, if you're listening to this, we're going places. <laughs> and to your place, it's not one of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Find us on Facebook at I Did Not Sign Up For This or on Instagram at I Did Not Sign Up For This dot podcast. And if you have a story to tell, send us a message. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Hey there, welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap.